You're listening to the Tells of Leadership podcast. This podcast is for leaders at any phase on their leadership journey to become a more purposeful and accountable leader, what I like to call a pal. Join me on our journey together towards transformational leadership. Welcome to Tells of Leadership. I am your host, Josh McMillian, CEO of McMillian Leadership Coaching, an active duty Army officer with over 15 years of leadership experience. And in episode five, we are going to be going over the first three phases of leadership. This will be a two-part series defining the total six phases of leadership that I have noticed throughout my journey. Make sure you listen all the way to the end because I'm going to provide you three powerful questions that you should spend some time reflecting on. Let's go ahead and begin. Let's go ahead and begin and define where I've got the idea of the six phases of leadership. So I read the book by John C. Maxwell that inspired me to write the blog first and then create this podcast episode. And it was the five levels of leadership. And I highly recommend that you go read that book. My goal is to expand on his work and share the leadership lessons that I have learned throughout my 15 years of military service. One unique difference between the military and the civilian realm when it comes to leadership is our ability to be resilient and adaptive when we transfer roles. I've never been in a leadership position for more than one year. After a year, we typically move and take over another position, and that gives us a very distinct advantage over the civilian leadership realm because it makes us adaptable and resilient. Remember, leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. And as we're going through these six phases of leadership, you need to remember to be intentional with each one of those phases. Leadership is a metaphorical bridge and we're walking together with our team, but also ourselves. And we're building each one of those phases out from point A to point B. If you cut corners and try to advance too fast, your structure will weaken and collapse. What is the first phase of leadership? The first phase of leadership is self-leadership. Remember, leaders are not born. They are forged by life experiences and the wisdom gained along the journey. If you want to learn to lead others effectively, you need to learn to lead yourself well. And that comes from several different examples. The first is you have to learn to be a great listener and a great follower. Regardless of whatever position you gain, what separates an ordinary leader from an extraordinary leader is that little bit of extra effort when it comes to being a great leader and a great follower. Some of the most powerful experiences that I have lived through have taught me some of the greatest wisdom, and that's from observing poor leadership. A perfect example of this is when I was a joint readiness training center observer coach trainer at Fort Polk, Louisiana. I observed over 18 different rifle company commands going through these month-long crucible training events where I coached them and I mentored them to find efficiencies and improve within the organization, ultimately testing their ability to perform their job in operational environments, allowing them to go to Iraq, allowing them to go to Syria, allowing them to go to Afghanistan, wherever the mission took them to do. Some of the most important lessons that I have ever had was from that time. But really what I learned 
was what not to do because I was a great listener and I observed. So always take the opportunity when you're not in a leadership position to watch what other leaders do. Just be a fly on the wall, listen and observe and learn to be a great follower. Second is you need to learn to establish routines. Zig Ziglar said this, and it's a great quote. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's up to us to optimize our time. We need to develop personal routines that allow us to start the day off with a win. I had a leader once tell me this quote, and it's stuck with me. Win small and win often. Each morning is a first battle period and sets the tone for the day, the week, and even the month. And it starts at night. We have to determine what time we need to wake up in the morning to be successful. But when that alarm clock goes off, do you sleep in or do you get up? Because that's the first win of the day. Leaders must be wary of not following a routine because it's a slippery slope. For example, your organization emulates the behavior that you act. Remember, the rule of mirrors states that your organization or your team will replicate the behaviors that the leader has. The most important thing to do is to invest in yourself first, especially when you take over a leadership position. You have to invest in yourself first because you cannot give from a depleted point of view. You have to be full. To lead well, you must have a routine that creates time to achieve personal and professional growth. And the key word there is personal and professional growth. All right, let's take a quick break from this podcast and bring you a note from our show sponsors. Today's show sponsor comes from McMillian Leadership Coaching. Most leaders will hit a point where they are overwhelmed or unsure of their leadership abilities and need a coach to help. With over 15 years of leadership experience, my one-on-one coaching enables you to become the leader your team deserves while achieving personal and professional growth. It's easy to set up. All you need to do is visit mcmillianleadershipcoaching.com and schedule a free call today. Stop living in a mental fog, take action, and become the leader your team needs. Back to the podcast. The third critical aspect of self-leadership is discipline. You have to be able to stick to those routines and push beyond your comfort zone. You must chase the hard things in life for personal and professional growth. And you have to embrace discomfort. That's just part of growth. In the book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Alrod, researchers state that it takes over 30 days for your body to adapt to a new routine. Why is that? Because growth is painful. It's just a fact. The great way to think of this is what I want you to do if you're listening to this podcast, lock your fingers just naturally how they would go into place. Now, move your fingers over one position and tell me how that feels. It probably feels foreign and it doesn't feel natural. But if you did that consistently over time and it was important enough to you, that would become the new routine. Finally, If you can't stick to a routine, you don't have the discipline to do it, and it goes back to some of the previous podcasts that I had, your why or your purpose is not big enough, and you really need to reflect on why is this routine important to me. 
if you do not have the burning desire to achieve your why and make your vision come true, you cannot push beyond when times get tough. Leaders with big dreams and powerful whys are not afraid to take action and understand success is messy. The fourth example of self-leadership is defining who you are. You have to create the time to think about who you want to show up as a leader. A great way to think of this is your leadership philosophy. What is the vision you are trying to move towards as a team? What will your leadership philosophy look like? A great way to think of this is developing your house of leadership. J.R. Flatter of Flatter Incorporated Two Roads Leadership developed a concept called the House of Leadership, and it is a way to build your leadership philosophy. And it starts with your foundation. What is the bedrock of your leadership approach? The four walls. What are the values that drive your decisions? Components. What are some of the principles that make you who you are? And then the roof, the journey. Where are you trying to go as a leader? Developing your house of leadership is a powerful way to visualize what type of leader you want to become. If you want a personal example of my house of leadership, go to mcmillionleadershipcoaching.com. It'll be in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter and you will get a personal copy of my house of leadership. All right, so let's continue. What is the second phase of leadership? The second phase of leadership is situational authority. And this phase of leadership comes the easiest and it should also be our quickest phase and we should get out of it as fast as possible. You need to move away from position and towards people. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Once you have been selected for a position within your organization, you have authority. But authority is temporary. You do not truly become a leader until you can earn the trust and respect of your organization. A great way to think of this is situational authority is a critical point in a leader's journey. And you have a short period of time to where authority will last. Authority typically lasts for 90 days where people will do what you're saying because you have that authority. But eventually over time, when you erode your reputation, you don't have proficiency and you don't get results, you cannot inspire others. So rule of thumb is 90 days. 90 days is used in the military for new commanders to assess their organization, determine what works, what doesn't work, and what areas need to improve. A leader's goal is to inspire others in their formation and situational authority will not cut it. You must begin to inspire others through your actions. Finally, situational leadership can be a trap. Do not allow the title to define you as a leader. There's two paths that any leader can take, especially when they're starting off on their leadership journey. First, you can take the path of transitional leadership and have a hidden agenda and focus on yourself. Or you can be a transformational leader by investing relentlessly in your team. PALS create a professional culture and a winning climate that practices mission command, meaning empowering your team to get results. All right, what is the final phase of leadership that we're going to cover in this episode? The third phase of leadership 
is strengthening relationships. This is the most important phase in all six phases. It is the decisive point on your journey as a leader. And let me define what decisive point is. ADP 1-02 from the Army states, a geographic place, specific key event, critical factor or function that when acted upon allows commanders to gain a marked advantage over an adversary or contribute materially to achieving success. At every point in a battle, there is a moment that determines who is going to be victorious and who is going to lose. The same is true in your leadership journey. In leadership, the decisive point is creating authentic relationships that allow you as the leader to inspire your team. Take the time to foster relationships with your team to establish trust and respect. If you fail to build trust and earn respect and inspire others to achieve results, you have just ended your leadership journey. If you do not personally invest your time building connections, your team will meet the standard. They will not exceed it. Your team members will do what you say without being empowered and taking ownership or accountability. Often leaders will fall into a scarcity mindset that they have to get results immediately. And yes, that is part of leadership, but your decisive point is building authentic relationships and often hand in hand developing relationships and getting results comes at the same time. But this is the one phase of leadership that you cannot afford to rush. So trust. Trust comes in two forms. You do it by frequency or personal interactions centered around your core values, or you do it through crucible events that push beyond what is possible. And then second, respect. Respect takes time and is given when leaders have earned it. The leader's goal is not to gain friends, but to build respect. Remember, the leader, a purposeful, accountable leader, makes decisions for the team, not for individuals. Another way to do this of strengthening relationships is how you come into a position. A way that I have done this continuously throughout my leadership journey is what I like to call who I am. The first part of who I am is doing a brief with everyone on my team and within the organization of where I go over what I believe the vision for the organization is, the mission, and who I am, both as a person, as a father, and as a leader. And then most importantly, I set the organization standards. I have just set the bar within the organization. Second, I like to isolate team members by position or rank to have a deeper conversation. And my goal when doing this is to create a safe environment that highlights what the team is doing well, where the team can improve, and what needs to be jettisoned or cut immediately. And what I'm trying to do is reinforce the values that the team is already doing and building values that I want to see. For example, mission command and constructive candor if it's not already in there. And then third is I begin to do initial counselings and then quarterly counselings with my top level leaders in the organization. But the initial counselling describes what I expect from them. If a leader does not clearly define the roles and responsibilities, how can you hold your team members accountable? You have to let them know what is expected as a leader. Finally, 
a practice that I have done and a brigade commander told me this when I was a platoon leader and I've continued this throughout my journey is writing thank you letters. When you take over a position and you get someone on your team, write a personal thank you letter to that individual. I wrote letters to mothers. I wrote letters to spouses. And sometimes when they didn't have a spouse, I just gave a letter to a soldier. And what that does, that allows you to connect authentically with team members. And if you have a huge team, I had over 200 soldiers, but what I did every single week is I did 10 letters, 10 letters every single week, and I mailed them out. Writing letters is a way to rapidly develop authentic relationships and begin to move towards the fourth phase of leadership. All right, that is a wrap on part one of defining the six phases of leadership. So what are some of the key takeaways that you should take from this episode? The first phase of leadership is self-leadership. And remember, every person is a leader regardless of the position or the job that they're currently in. But in order to be a extraordinary leader, you have to learn to lead yourself well. The second phase of leadership is situational authority, and it is the easiest phase for a leader to achieve, but should be our quickest phase at the same time. Remember to move away from position and towards people. The final phase that we covered is the third phase of leadership, and it is strengthening relationships. This is the decisive point in our leadership journey. If we can build authentic relationships and earn trust and gain the respect of our team, we can begin to inspire and create change within the organization and begin to work towards a shared vision. Hey, if you got value from this podcast, do me a favor and make sure that you leave a comment, you leave a review, and you share this podcast with someone who's just starting out on their leadership journey. Here are three questions that you should spend some time reflecting on before the next episode. Number one, how are you developing routine accountability and discipline in your life? Number two, what does your house of leadership look like? And number three, have you developed a who I am brief and what would that look like? I'm your host, Josh McMillian saying, Every day is a gift. Do not waste yours. I'll see you next time.